banter. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Did you have better luck this week, Jonathan? I did. You know, I won the lottery. I'm I'm a millionaire now. I don't have to do my day job anymore. It's it's great. It's great. But you choose to do this? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) This is my fun job. This is uh, not work. This is fun. Yeah. A great time. Right. Having a great time. I'm having a great time. I'm about to have a great time because yeah. we're going to talk about a really cool film today. But uh, welcome to Franchised, presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, the podcast where each season we go through some of Hollywood's biggest movie franchises one film at a time as we try to figure out what makes a franchise good, what makes a franchise bad, and what makes a franchise work. I can't do this. You should do it next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm fine. Um, we're your hosts. I'm Ariane and Nancy Putri. And with me every week, that she usually does this bit is dot, dot, dot. Jonathan Foster. Hey, Ariane. My How's dad. <laughs> my <kidding>. daughter. <laughs> so confused. It's opposite week. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's my fault. No, it's opposite week because you are so stoked. For I'm this so episode. stoked. Yeah, this is, I love this film. I'm so glad Jonathan introduced me to it because I immediately became obsessed with it. It's everything I could have ever wanted and more. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think it's the closest thing I'll ever get to genuine representation of like some, like, you know, how I grew up, like overachieving and would rather be doing, using my skills for other things. And uh, yeah, it's, and it looks great. And I'm obsessed with it. And Han is great. Yeah, very fun yeah. movie, and yeah, it's really a cool thing to find. And if you're skeptical about like why we're talking about this, I mean, it is very, very closely related. It's very closely related, and you'll find out why if you just like, mm-hmm. or you might already know because we kind of talked about it in the ap- last episode a little bit as we were introducing yeah. everyone to Mr. Justin Lin. But like now we're getting a little bit more into it, and I think people should really go out of the way to check out to this look film. for this film. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. Very good. It's really great. Yeah. So. Like with most open world video games and uh, action adventure <laughs> film series, our favorite characters are often sit on side missions. And uh, that's kind of mm-hmm. what happened with this episode. We are on a side yeah. mission. We sent ourselves off on yeah, a side mission. We did. Because <laughs> in our last episode covering 2006's mm-hmm. Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, aka Twilight Drift, uh, <laughs> we were introduced to a new character that uh, would become an integral part of the franchise. His name is what? It's the heart and soul. His name is Han Lu. Played by the wonderful Sung Kang. Uh, so yes. Tokyo Drift was also the first film that would see Justin Lin take over the helm as director, mm-hmm. a position he would hold for many subsequent films. And when I was doing some research on the Tokyo Drift episode, I stumbled across a little bit of info that neither of us were aware of, which you yeah. can hear right now ready set up go so neil h moritz who's produced the first two installments began working on the film in 2005 and he hired justin lin to direct tokyo drift based off of his 2002 crime drama better luck tomorrow so have you ever heard of this film? No, I have not. Thank God. No. But uh, Neil H. Moritz said, after I'd seen Better Luck Tomorrow, I knew Justin was the director I wanted to do business with. 
He was the first we approached, and he loved the idea of filming it. The movie needed enthusiasm, and he was the director to do it. So, pretty big praise for a young director at the time, because I mean, this is 2006. Yeah. He had only this was like his third film. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Lynn, who wasn't initially familiar with drifting, said that I was in film school when The Fast and the Furious came out, and I saw it with a sold-out crowd. We just ate it up. What really excited me, <laughs> what really excited me about directing this film was the chance to harness that energy, create a whole new chapter, and up the ante by bringing something new to the table for the audience who loves action and speed. Funny enough, Sung Kang, who plays Han, was previously working with Justin Lin in this film called Better Luck Tomorrow. So, Better Luck Tomorrow, you said you didn't know about this, right? No. Right. Like, I don't think I've seen it, but I know who's in it. Yeah. Like, I've heard of it. I'm going to blow your mind a little bit, hopefully, if you don't know about this. So, Better Luck Tomorrow is about Asian Americans overachieving. I think they're in California. Welcome to my life. Uh. <laughs> and they become bored with their lives, and they enter into a world of petty crime and material excess. But it also features Sung Kang playing a character named Han Lu. Oh my god, it exists in the same. Better Luck Tomorrow was subsequently recognizes Han's origin story retroactively, making it a part of the Fast and Furious continuity because Justin Lin and Sung Kang have said that that is Han. Oh, that's his origin and story. It doesn't officially appear as part of an installment in the franchise but it is mm-hmm. part of the continuity so I'm going to ask you this Ariane before we talk about Fast and Furious let's cover Better Luck Tomorrow get a Han okay. origin story do you want to do that? let's do that Yeah. so <laughs> that was it and here we are we yeah. were gifted a little side mission to go check out an early Justin Lin film with 2002's Better Luck Tomorrow. So mm. we watched it. Uh, I don't know everyone out there, like, <laughs> where's the best place to find it? I know you can rent it, like, in certain places like Amazon. You Prime, can rent it. Have, it. Yeah. It. Maybe YouTube, because they seem But that depends everything. on your feelings about Bezos. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, they have it on YouTube. They got it. You could track it down. Um, You'll track sure it down. It's, it's like available. You'll track it down. We've so, tracked it down, so you can do it too. Yeah. So I know a lot of people probably may not have seen this film, but we're going to talk about it a little bit. Uh, and it, it is, like I said, better luck tomorrow. Tetrahydrocannabinol. I didn't ask a question. Sorry. Were we competitive? Tokyo, Japan. Ah. A little. Can't wait to go to college, man. All that studying finally pays off and you get to leave this hellhole. Were we bored? We will see a movie. The Amoeba. To death. Do this by tomorrow, you get a 50. What? We don't have to play by the rules. We can make our own. It's easy money. It'll be fun. We were putting the laws of supply and demand into practice. And then it's snowball. You think you can break in? There's going to be a lot of money involved. Our straight A's were our alibis. As long as our grades were there, we were trusted. You think you can get away with anything, don't you? Oh, yeah, if you're clever enough. Woo! We were making so much money, we couldn't spend it fast enough. What do you think he is, some Chinese movie stuff? Hi, I am Chow Yun-Fat. 
Rumors about us came and went fast and furious. So how does it feel to be famous? Better than sex. The more notorious we became, the more invitations we got. We didn't know half the people we partied with. What are you guys? A club. Oh, like a math club or something? <laughs> you know how you make decisions that lead to other decisions? Gonna get us caught! Then you don't remember why you made those decisions in the first place? Get the gun! Get the gun! Boom! When you got everything you want, what's left? You can't settle for being happy. That's a trap. Study hard. An accomplished high school student, Ben, seems to excel at almost everything except winning over his dream girl, Stephanie. When he begins an unlikely friendship with trouble-seeking tough guy Derek, Ben becomes involved in petty crime and it gets increasingly dangerous. With his various illegal ventures extending to include Stephanie's wealthy boyfriend Steve, can these restless teams curb their criminal activities before it's too late? Dun dun dun. <laughs> it's it's okay. How do we let's write this? Quite a bit to unpack about this film. And, and first of all, I just want to say, I adore this film. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, dude, why have I not seen this any sooner? <laughs> and I wish I saw it when I was younger. It would have saved me a whole lot of pain. Um, and I, it's, it's one of those things where um, when we were doing our research for uh, Tokyo Drift, all the sort of articles and stuff were like, yeah, um, the studio saw Better Luck Tomorrow and they were like, let's give Jocelyn Lynn the job. Mm-hmm. And then watching this film, you're like, oh, exactly. It's why he was perfect for it. Yeah, and, and it's just it's it's yeah it's it's brilliant and and it, it's oh it's a lot. Even though I remember we were kind of just like yeah, no, we'll touch on it a little bit. But then it's also like oh, it has a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, there's Obviously. a lot going on with it. But, um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on with it. What did you What did you think? Well, it was it was pretty funny because I liked a lot of elements of it, and some elements were really funny because mm-hmm. it's like total 2002 you know high school movie trope yeah you know like yeah shout out broken shout out broken cd player one time yeah yeah broken (laughs) cd player moment of silence i was like that's the most oh yeah it was yeah it was really funny because it's like uh it it hits on all these notes that a lot of like your typical white bread you know like you know high school American coming comedies. of age high school films would yeah. Do, yeah um but it was told from the perspective of an asian american cast and that was really cool because like you just get to see mm. you know literally like the, the fact that everyone's going through the same shit and to a certain degree certain standards are like being uh held higher for these characters because of who they are yeah. and what like society says about what them. is expected of yeah them. absolutely and like you know why aren't you getting more of that representation instead of it just being like oh this is like the token you know asian kid in my class that like has one line in a film and is usually the butt of a joke mm-hmm. or something you know so it was cool to yeah. see like all these characters have like really f- like just mental things going around. Like certain elements felt very high it's school. It's dark. Yeah, and then certain it's elements very high were school, like, but it's also very Christ. dark. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, whoa. 
Yeah. I was like, that's why they gave him Tokyo Drift. Good God. And it's it's <laughs> very well directed. It's one of those things where like it's it plays on all these like visually it, I love the way it looks. Like mm-hmm. it's this grainy shot on film. Yep. Grainy early two thousands look, but then there's also all the sort of like the, the the shot of the you know, taking your high school yearbook photos at the end. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, like visually it's it's really stunning because it he calls in all of Justin then calls in all of these like you know tropes like taking your yearbook photos at the end yeah. or um typical tense action movie sort of things where you have the camera spinning around the characters. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Mm. <laughs> those are yeah, cool like strobe lighting and cutaways those are really yeah. cool and and they all work together it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to separate which is like incredible technically but um yeah it's it's i watched this being like hi i was an asian kid in high school and hello i did not know this film existed and oh yeah. god these are all the pressures that myself and my peers were under and it was just it's it's that thing of like it's really nice to see people that look like you reflect stories that you relate to. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, all stories are are great when they're universal, but it's stuff like this that's really like, oh, this sings and this hits home, and this there's little grace notes and details that are just like, oh wow, this is important now. Like this is important to me now. This story, and yeah. I hope that it'll become important to people that hopefully will give it a watch. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we yeah. won't go as deep as no- we normally would on a weekly episode with yeah. this episode uh, because mm-hmm. we know that a lot of people might not have seen it. And I think largely yeah. we're just going to discuss a bit of the story. We'll try not to spoil too much, but I mean, it might happen. Yeah. Um, but mostly yeah. it's just our boy Han and how we connect him to the rest Han. of the series going forward. So, yeah, Han is in this. And it's wild. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. So Sun, yeah. So Sun Kang plays Han Lu, the same mm-hmm. character he plays in Tokyo Drift and the subsequent Fast and Furious films. Yeah. So yeah, as John said earlier, this is like his quote unquote origin story. But you see Han here in high school, and he's he in high school. He's already that dude. You know, he's already yeah. like he's cool. He's broody. He's aloof. He minds his business, gets all the girls, smokes all the cigarettes, and I was yeah. like. There's nothing more I want to be. I was like, I'd like to be you, dude. Like, if, if out of all, I relate to all of them on a very, very visceral level, which is really scary. But Han is like the dude that's like, oh man, dude, you're so cool, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. He he is he is that like cool cousin stereotype. Like he's the, <laughs> you know, it's 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 fantastic. Yeah, he's great. Justin Lin said that uh, the title "Better Luck Tomorrow" refers to how. Mm-hmm. The film explores the whole youth culture of today, specifically Asian yeah. Americans, but mostly just uh, mm-hmm. the general mentality of teenagers today. And by today, this would have been like 2002. And, 2002. Uh, he said that, I mean, I work with teenagers. I grew up in the 80s and already it's very different, the mentality. You go to suburbia, you look at upper middle class kids and through the media, they've literally adopted an urban gangster mentality. So... Yeah, I mean, it's wild how we'll get into a little bit more um, as we go along. I'm going to get into the cast in a second. Like like I said, I don't have like a lot Mm -hmm. of like these like notes about all like, you know, it was me doing this and blah, 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 because it's really not as much out there for this film as it would be for other bigger films as well. And that's sort of the thing that I want to do with this episode is highlight it. 
as something that we, we both watched. We had no idea going into it. It was mainly we were sent to it. And, and we I was just like, enjoyed. we got to watch it. And we both enjoyed yeah. it. I yeah. As soon as I started watching it, I was just like, oh, this is fun. Like, it's just a fun high school film that turns really weird and dark, which really reminds me of a lot of those weird late 90s to early 2000s, like mm-hmm. high school films like that film Bully. I don't know if you know that one. Um, yeah. 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 It just gets so dark. <laughs> and like, yeah, that's like very much heavy. Yeah. That's very much like the the way this film mm. goes. And but when I was watching it, I was like, Ariane's gonna mm-hmm. love this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just knew it. He sent me like a screenshot of one of the main characters' trousers, and you're like, dude, check out these pants. And I was like, I am already obsessed. <laughs> and then I was just tweeting photos of Sun Kang, being like, I think I'm obsessed with him. Yeah, um, because he he's he's stunning in this film. Like not just his performance, but I was like, you put this man in more jean jackets, and I will be there. Like, yeah, yeah easy. Yeah, his hair looked cool as shit as well. When they're around the pool table and it's all red and then he's smoking, oh, yeah. I was like, dude, <laughs> dude, that is the vibe. That is, And they all sort of look good to some extent because throughout this, like the two leads, Ben and Virgil, they never sort of look like, wow. You know, yeah. but then Han and, and, and Derek were really just like, yeah, we're, we're, we're the we're the studs. Honey. <laughs> yeah. They're the studs. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're the studs of the group. Yeah. Of the squad. Um, yeah, yeah. There's that scene though where Ben was on the uh he shows up on the beach i think it was his birthday and he was really like yeah, yeah, out, yeah. like from the night before and he woke up yeah. with that crazy nosebleed and he's like oh i gotta stop this but like, like han I'm shows done. up yeah. because he he wasn't there he was sleeping or whatever and he, he was like where's han like, i was asleep and he like comes in and he's got his like leather he's like curled on. up in a big jacket yeah he's yeah. just like this better be good and his hair looked fucking amazing he <laughs> <laughs> just looks so cool <laughs> He is the, yeah. the uh, like the epitome of I just wrote I woke up like this. Like, yeah, that's, definitely. That's it. That was found <laughs> in this film. He woke up like that. He really did. What was interesting? I, you probably read this in your research, but like apparently this film was based off of like a real case that yeah in, it was in California. Like yeah. a group of um, which I hate that they dubbed it the honor roll murder. Like honor roll murders. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. Wait, okay, wait, wait a model minority us again. Yeah, y'all. like come yeah. On. I mean that. That's like what's interesting with this film, though. It like touches on yeah. model minority I a lot. It. Like you know, it becomes a thing for sure. Mm. It's loosely inspired by the 1992 murder of Stuart Tay, who is an Asian American yeah. youth who was killed by five of his peers on New Year's Eve in Orange County, California. Yeah. I've read some cl- conflicting reports on it, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, like where Justin Lin basically said in some interviews that it like he he wasn't trying to uh do anything like based on this he was aware of the story obviously but he didn't want to uh yeah he was trying to just base it on just like fiction and stuff and it wasn't like meant to be but Mm then you know when when you you know see the film and then you read about this it's like geez because tay was killed by other teenagers after they thought that he would betray them in a scheme to steal computer equipment, which is very much what's going on in this film. They're what stealing they yeah. computer equipment from computer the school equipment. and stuff. They lured him to the residence of a kid named Abraham Acosta, which in this film, Ooh. the character where they lured him to is named Jesus, which is another, it's weird, yeah. it's just a biblical name. Uh, and they beat him with a baseball bat and a sledgehammer. And when he didn't die immediately, they forced him, him to drink isopropyl alcohol and taped his mouth and nose shut. 
which is very much like what happens <laughs> in the film a bit. Spoilers, yeah, sorry. This film. <laughs> Spoilers. Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, it's it's very it's yeah, it's it's one of those things where I'm really glad this film exists because if I hadn't known about characters like Ben and Virgil and obviously Han and the other uh, main character Derek, like I would have never have felt as validated. Mm-hmm. And I I think a lot of um I think I'm not a teenager anymore, but I think a lot of Asian teenagers can realize that couldn't relate to that because there is so much expected of them and they expect so much of themselves that yeah. there's uh, Ben says something about it. It feels nice not to do something that uh, doesn't have to be on my college application. And that's a thing that I think everybody grapples with their entire lives. Like it's nice not to do things to make, it's nice to do things that aren't going to make money. It's nice to do things that aren't going to come on your CV. Great to do things that aren't going to be on your, um, uh, college application because we've sort of spent our entire lives commodifying every single part of it mm-hmm. so i was like oh yeah wow thank you for making me think and introspect for a little bit movie about guy and fast and furious that i love so much um <laughs> so yeah no it's, it's really interesting because ben is um i find ben really interesting uh as well as han because they i think they all get really good grades right like han and yeah I mean, Han's sort of the criminal mastermind of it all. Like, yeah, yeah, he's meant to be in that. Uh, they're like all in this sort of athletic. Uh, what? Oh, what's it called? Like, yeah, uh, they're an athletic in, team. They're um, an academic decathlon, academic or decathlon, something. Yeah. Uh, so we can get into the cast a little bit. So Ben, that you've been talking about, yeah. it's played by Perry Shin. His name in the film is Ben mm-hmm. Moneybag, uh, which is kind of funny because it almost sounds like Moneybag. <laughs> Moneybag, yeah. It's a it's a Filipino surname. He plays a straight A student who, uh, on the side, you learn commits petty crimes to express himself in other ways. Yeah, yeah. Like Arian said, he's he's very much like uh, determined. He's shown as being like very hardworking, like in school and both hard. like outside yeah. of school. He has a job, um, and he's yeah. like always he has to be well rounded. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> he's like, he has a job. He's on the basketball team, mm-hmm. making free throws. Um, yeah, yeah. He's a he's an interesting character. He's kind of like, uh, yeah, like you're slight. He's slightly nerdy in a way, but he's like still kind of cool. He's, he's like not the like the boy a, next door. Yeah, very much sort so. Of, right? Yeah, yeah. Like if you want to compare him to like a character in any sort of like you know, because it, it very much follows that sort of line of those films like the way like things like American Pie are you have like your character structure yeah like friends who like your you have the nerd you have the best friend you have the jock and you have the cool guy and then absolutely to me Ben is the would archetypically uh, archetypically be the best friend even though his best friend is um another character (laughs) um but but ben but ben reads like that right like he's like oh he he his life sort of just seems like it's on autopilot and he's kind of just like actually hey hang on a second yeah um he's not in charge of him his life really he's not in charge yeah why he does these like crimes on the side because it makes him feel which are like at first super cool crimes in the sense that he's selling tests like and test answers yeah yeah yeah, that checks out. <laughs> They're doing like, you know, cheat sheets. Uh, I love the scam that him yeah. and Han and Virgil have where they go um, t- 
to oh, and they put stickers the store. And they return yeah, they buy all yeah. this stuff and then return it, but they just like basically you're stealing it because they return stuff they picked up off the shelf. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's it's like Sandra Bullock in Ocean's Eight. Um, <laughs> yeah. a more contemporary reference <laughs> um, yeah yeah and Han is like the the sort of way in for yeah. Ben and Virgil to get into that world Justin Lin is one of these directors that likes to use a lot of people uh, in films that like in numerous films in his career he brings a lot of people back hence how you have like Han become Han Lu yeah. in Sung Kang is Berry his like, Yeah, yeah, you said that Sung Kang is his Canero. Yeah. But Perry Shin is yeah. one of these guys that hasn't popped up as, as much in his films. Uh, I believe he did mm-hmm. appear in Finishing the Game, which is, I think, yeah, like a was. comedy film about them finishing Game of Death after Bruce Lee uh, passed away, which stars Sung Kang and uh, also Roger Fan, who I'll get to in a second. But Perry Shin, like, he appeared in that, but. If any listeners are fans of Adam Green out there, who's like a does a lot mm-hmm. of like slasher films and comedy films like that, um, he was in uh, Adam Green's Hatchet series. Uh, you would know him from playing the brothers. Basically, he's Sean in the first one, and then Sean gets killed in the first Hatchet film, and then his brother Justin, uh-huh. uh, you know, comes in, and it's like, oh, it's my twin brother. And I believe they just did that because Perry Shin's fucking amazing and he's really fun in the Hatchet yeah. film. So we got to keep bringing him back over and over, even though he just keeps getting killed. He's great. <laughs> but yeah. He's great. Yeah, he's really I was good. looking through his like filmography um, before this and apparently he has an uncredited role in Starship Troopers, which again yeah, he does. is major for me. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we will. do a little bit of Verhoeven on the uh, yeah. Patreon stuff. So, like we said, yeah. got a Showgirls episode over there. Uh, we did the we did RoboCop, but RoboCop did end up going into the free the free uh, timeline as well. Into so, the main timeline. Yeah. I found this really funny, though, because it's almost like it's crazy. Uh-huh. It just feels like Justin Lin is like calling his shots. He made this film. Hell yeah. Uh, this is 2002. It's bef- it's the year after the first Fast and the Furious film came out. He obviously really uh-huh. liked Fast and the Furious. We talked about that a little bit. Like, uh, there's a line Tokyo Drift. that is yeah, yeah, in the so film. Yeah. Perry Shin's character Ben narrates the film as the film's going along, and at one point he's talking about how it's very much uh, fucking Goodfellas in a way. Um, but with it is high, it's, it's Asian yeah. high school kids. It's high school, yeah, high schoolers, which is okay. everything I could have ever asked for. Like, yeah. yeah. And oh so there's a moment yeah, where they're getting so <laughs> they're walking deep. through the hall. Yeah, they're walking through the hall, <laughs> talking about how hard, like, and crazy everything's how was hard going on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Perry Shen's character Ben says rumors about us came and went fast and furious. Fast and, <laughs> and you can bet John and I looked into the camera like we were in the office. Yeah, we're really. like, oh, hey. gotcha. <laughs> hey, hey, there we go. <laughs> You mean that guy there? He was calling you mean his shots next here, to you there? <laughs> It was yeah. like the camera went in on I was like, that's, that's how you manifest. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Four years from now, this man. <laughs> I love it when Justin Lin makes white people mad. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. Um, there's that whole th- The thing with this film that I think um, it came about. I remember it came about in like the press again when Crazy Rich Asians just came out because they were like, 
hey, actually, there has been a film centered around Asian Americans um, before. I mean, obviously, um, but like, hey, they're, they're talk about this film. And um, in 2002, apparently, this film was sort of um, slated by a lot of white critics. Of, yeah, ugh, obviously, it was. where they were just like. <laughs> How dare you represent your people this way? How could you represent your people this way? And Justin was like, bro, we could do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and Asian people are allowed to exist, as, just as anybody is, to exist however they want. You know, yeah. However they wish to present. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's why it was, I, love, I love it when, yeah. Just yeah, Justin then doing community, Justin then making more Fast and Furious movies. It's like, go off, bro, you're a king. Like <laughs> I adore him. Ben's best friend in the film, we've mentioned a little bit. His name is Virgil Who. He's played by Jason Tobin, who, if anyone mm-hmm. saw Tokyo Drift, he's Han's friend in Tokyo Drift, named Earl, who we talked about a little bit in our last episode. And actually, it looks like he's in the ninth one. He's gonna be back. He's for the in ninth the ninth film. one. So yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. So Virgil is Ben's friend since fourth grade. He's crazy, mm-hmm. like that dumb, crazy friend. He's insane. You never, you're never really sure what they're gonna do. But he's also really smart. Yeah, yeah. He's smart. Yeah. Like he's really smart at school. They're all smart, but he's. I had friends like this where they, they're completely smart, but they're fucking liabilities, like, as a friend. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, you sure. don't know what they're going to do. Sure. They're going to, like, either get your ass kicked yeah. or get you killed or something, you know? Yeah. And they're also, um, what I adored about Virgil was that he is the kind of person you can tell is projecting and masking his insecurities all at the same time. Yeah. Where he's kind of just like, oh, I'm going to hide behind my new tough guy persona, but you can yeah. see right through it. Yeah, and yeah. It's terrifying. That makes him scarier. Like, yeah, that you definitely. know he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ben, yeah. it's funny because Ben wants to be in control. Uh, and yeah. he, he's a lot more in control. But, you know, obviously, like we said, he's on autopilot. But Virgil's like on the other mm-hmm. end of autopilot where he's like, uh, he's I, not in control I, I, at all. <laughs> like, yeah, not he, at all. You know, he but he thinks he is, and he's like mm-hmm. literally out of control. There's that funny moment where they're at the party, and that stupid football player like uh, oh, talks yeah. shit, or he's a basketball player. I can't remember. I think he's a basketball player. Yeah, but he talks yeah, shit. He's like a different to, jock. Yeah, another jock. Talk shit to Derek, who's yeah. also a jock, quote unquote, but he plays tennis, which is why his <laughs> jockness was being questioned in the first place for context. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tennis is a bloody sport. Like, come on, shut up. Um, <laughs> anyway. But I mean, he plays tennis. That's such a great way to he introduce tennis. him. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we can get into tennis, him. Yeah. You, that's immediately, Roger. you immediately know who Derek <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he's played by Roger Fan. His yeah. name is Derek Liu. Mm-hmm. He's... Like, basically really self-centered, uh, but he's obviously, like, king around the high school. He's, like, senior class valedict- valedictorian. He's uh, the president he's, of every club. Yeah. Scheming he's the editor like of the newspaper. <laughs> he probably gave a teacher head, which I was like, yeah, this motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, he did. Look at him. Yeah. It's so 2002, though, that yeah. sort of, that's such so a throwaway line. It's just like... Yeah. Uh, sort but of that like gives everything homophobia. away about this guy. <laughs> yeah. But then at the same time, you're kind of like, oh, this di- this this kid gay as hell. <laughs> like, yeah. I looked at it being like, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> like, 
And there's there's that's why I think all the tension between the four of them really work because yeah. Derek is just Derek is the instigator. He's the yeah. He's the like he pushes everyone. He's not really their um, friend either. Like from the yeah, get go, he's not. He's like yeah. the guy that of course they know, but he's the one who's scheming, and they like to scheme because they like to make some extra yeah. money. Uh, and also, mm-hmm. like we said, Ben just wants to live a little bit, feel like he's living and being in control yeah. of something, and so. Roger Fan's character, Derek, is very much in control of stuff. He's running all these schemes. He's the one who operates the cheat sheet sort of scheme. Mm. Uh, And then he starts bringing guns into the picture. (laughs) They literally, like Justin Lin says, this urban gangster sort of vibe. Like, yeah. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I live in Southern California. I carry a gun. I love that scene because right after they beat up that white jock, which I was like, yeah. oh yeah, well deserved. Um, <laughs> the they they get in the car and then an actual gang pulls up. Yes, that's what I was just freaking out. I just remember And then it. I was just like, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you you could see all of them freak out yeah. in 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 this nearly the exact same way apart yeah. from maybe Virgil but um, it's just so, it's one of those things where like oh you kids you, like yeah teenagers think they know everything yeah coming from a person who was recently like a teenager yeah like you thought you had everything in the bag until something comes up from behind you being like actually no you don't like which is yeah. I think all of life um, <laughs> but yeah I think Derek is very interesting because he's definitely I, um, what I noticed towards the end of the film is that I think Derek is the loneliest character of all of them. Oh, like, definitely. I think he just wanted yeah. some friends. <laughs> like, yeah, like, definitely. He, like, he wanted, I wanted, uh, yeah, like, I wanted heist friends. Like, yeah, because, like, he obviously, family. like, is one of these people who can get kind of anything because he's, like, no one's really paying attention to what he's doing. He's obviously really smart. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's in, he's like, like you said, he's the, you know, president of every club valedictorian he's you know he's in control of like everything that's around yeah but at the same time with that sort of i don't know status or whatever he's like probably just sort of ostracized himself from almost everyone yeah and he has no one yeah really. he's like created yeah yeah he's created a reputation for himself at the mercy of his own um doing which is like yeah. what i think <laughs> some teenagers do fall into and um, yeah that that's sort of like yeah i'm the i'm the loner i'm the brooder but at the same time oh i'm the smart kid so like yeah like oh or like oh i'm in every club so i know everyone but nobody really knows me it's that whole thing yeah um which is i find i find all the archetypes the way they've they've um not just adopted the archetypes but subverted all the sort of high school um high school film archetypes i find it really really interesting because they come off really authentic and genuine as well um mm-hmm. so yeah yeah well done and with we were talking about that that fight that kind of happens at this party. Yeah. Derek pulls out a gun. They Derek beat the shit out, out of this uh, white jock. And then they're yeah. in the car. And this is like what's really interesting. And it says a lot about like these kind of characters. Because this is before before the gang shows up and they which Ben does yeah. the funniest the funniest thing where the gang of I think they're like sort of like Asian and Latin American, like a bit of a blend this gang. I was- yeah, I remember up. them them pulling up. So for yeah, for context, I'm Southeast Asian. So when I saw these guys pulling up, I was like, oh no, they're Filipino. Like I knew. Yeah, yeah, they. Was like, yeah, they could. Be, yeah, <laughs> I was like, for sure. Filipino, yeah, yeah. But they looked proper, like 
proper hard, had their they were music like, bumping. They no, had their guns, guns were stuff. different. No, <laughs> their guns were automatic. That's yeah. the difference between yeah, the two. Like guns, the yeah. the weapons in each car, like they were proper. Well, you know, they didn't buy that with their saved birthday money. You know, yeah. like, that's not a gun you can gift to a friend. Yeah, um, it's like this is some scary shit. And, and yeah. it was. And just, Ben does that funny thing. He turns the fucking music down. Fucking music down. Just being like, hey, look, <laughs> like stop. Oh, because I think Virgil, because Virgil was in the back talking out. smack. Yeah. Right. He he starts talking smack, which ends up being him. Like he freaks out. Um, yeah. eventually he's like my dad's gonna, gonna kill, kill me, me. It, that's what i mean like by that tells everything about these stupid characters about just this like, guy oh. yeah <laughs> that was one thing i found very interesting though because obviously the parents sort of vibe is there but it was an interesting thing that this film you never see them you never see their parents there's no mm, parents yeah and that's very different than a lot of like these high school films anyway um, because a lot of times there's usually like a parent involved, either they're funny or they're like strict or they're just kind of like visible slightly yeah. and there's no parents around. And I, obviously, I don't know, maybe they're working really hard, uh, and they're not around yeah. or and maybe they're absolutely these parents, kids are running like, fucking exist. wild, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think it was that, that thing of also like, you know, the post nineties, early two thousands thing where I think, um, freedom or people's securities just started expanding a lot more i -hmm. think like yeah like it it was their their community is quite tight and small as well so it's a thing of yeah everybody knows each other but um yeah yeah, i like that i i kind of like that you don't really see any of the parents but at the same time it's that thing of so your son was coked out memorizing SAT vocabulary and nobody did nothing. (laughs) Like you did not notice a thing. He was, this man was bleeding out on his sheets and you did nothing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, So yeah, which I thought was, it's that, yeah, no, it's it's that that post nineties thing of, oh yeah, the kids can take care of themselves. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, um, to be honest, like it, it felt like, a lot of my high school upbringing, like just because I was mm. a bit of a latchkey kid, I had friends that were yeah. like similar to these kind of characters. Um, my mom wasn't around. My house kind of became a bit of a party house sometimes. Uh, even if it was mm. like before I even drank, it was just like my friends and I hanging out like until two in the morning, skateboarding and pissing off my neighbors or playing music really yeah. loud or something. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, fun it's a funny like sort of thing to see because it felt a hell of a lot more real especially when it got darker uh than a lot of contemporary films of the time felt and it's funny because it's like one of these films that no one fucking knows about and never like yeah i had never seen it before i didn't even know about it until we were doing the tokyo drift stuff so yeah Mm -hmm. and let's get into it our boy We'll get into some of the other characters, but our, our boy, the reason why we're here, Sung Kang, the yes. fourth member of the group, Han. the quiet member of the yes. group. The best member of One Direction. Um, <laughs> He's uh, Virgil's cousin. So this is where yeah, Han. Han comes in. He's Virgil's cousin. So yeah. the mystery Virgil's is solved. Virgil's older cousin. <laughs> yeah. The mystery Which is, is like a, a proper thing. Like you have the sort of older cousin you're always sort of really scared of but you really look up to and always want to impress and yeah. you know they will do anything for you because you're the younger one <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. their job to sort of cradle you and protect you um 
But yeah, Han is Virgil's cousin, mystery solved. Uh, so he has his badass <laughs> Ford Mustang. He's driving around. Shout out Dominic Toretto one time. Yeah, he's uh, he's already pretty uh, dialed in to this character as being this cool yeah. dude. We already talked about how he looks cool as shit. Always dressing awesome. Hair looks great. Smoking cigarettes, like he has, he has a bad badass car. The only thing I would say about him Mm, and in this film is there's not a shit ton going on with him. Like as far as like, yeah, there's not enough of him. He's cool, yeah, but for sure underutilized Han. They obviously, you know, this this film wasn't about him, and this is pre Han existing in the Fast and Furious universe. So I get that, but I just want to see more. And if you listen to yeah. our next episode that will come yes. out the same day over on Patreon, we'll be talking yeah. about Fast 4. You'll get to hear me say yeah. basically the same thing all over again. Sneak preview. Underutilized <laughs> Yeah. No, for sure. He's yeah. like, I get it. He's, you know, hot opa cousin. Like, we got we got him. But at the same time, you again, yeah, you don't know what Han does in school. Um, mm-hmm. you know that he's older. You don't know what grade he's in. You don't know who he hangs out with outside of these guys. You know that he commits petty crimes outside of school. You know that he gets lots of yeah. tricks, but you never really see him socialize. He's quite, he's he's very aloof. Um, but yeah. he's also, I think, the voice of reason in the group. Like he's he's a glue. He's the glue, sort of. Absolutely. Like I think Ben is the glue, but I think Han is, for sure, the thing keeping everybody on track up until a point later on, way later on in the film. Yeah, but there's like a really specific scene. No spoilers, but Virgil kind of goes a little bit ape shit, um, mm-hmm. and Han is the only one that's like, "Hey, fuck off!" <laughs> yeah, and he's 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 not afraid to sort of be like, "You've stepped out of line." Um, well, we were yeah. talking about this a little bit, like when we were messaging, and uh, you know, I was mm-hmm. mentioning like that you see the change really. There's. A big thing, really, and I want to get yeah. into the spoilers because I want people to mm-hmm. properly see this film. Go out of your way yeah. to watch it. It's really good. Uh, but you see the change in Han because Han is like very much like the, like you said, like the the one who, you know, seems to know, he knows himself immediately. He already like, you know, yeah. he knows himself. He's confident He's in himself. Yeah. And yeah. he also has this sort of weird level of like innocence in the film through his eyes in a way like yeah and then it changes and you see it clicks like and you can even though there's not nearly enough and i also don't know scene i don't know how much more i'm going to get into with han going forward uh if there's going to be even more of like how did han and dominic kind of become friends uh I, I you will be sorely I disappointed, <laughs> sir. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they <laughs> no, already sort of yeah, they've might. gotten there and I, it's been there and done that. And in the next episode yeah. over on Patreon, Fast Four, we'll probably be talking about this. But yeah, he it it it's sort of like sets you up to know life is different for this person from now on. It's no longer yeah. like. We're here in high school, fucking around, kind of getting around uh, the system, making money, pulling schemes that are like, you know, little kid schemes, basically, in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, I'm I'm cool. I'm confident. I'm in charge of like what I'm doing to 
obviously something snaps and changes with him and he goes into this like I mean he's an outlaw like in the Fast and Furious universe. Yeah. He he I think he goes into himself like from yeah. that point on in that in the film that yeah. we're talking about because we won't tell you because we want you to see it. Um he he really just like becomes like a little hermit, I think. Yeah. Um but it's that thing of I wanted to bring it up earlier because in the Fast and Furious films, Han is always eating something. Yes. And in this film, he's always smoking. Yeah. So I think like that that I can I, I kinda wanna connect that correlation as well, where like I think after his turning point, as as we say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after his turning point in Better Luck Tomorrow, that yeah, that change, you can sort of see that change in his habits and you can see him sort of soften, I think. Yeah. Um yeah. And also, there was that sort of thing where in Tokyo Drift episode, go back, Mm. go and, you know, seriously, go hit us up over at patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. These episodes we've been doing have been really fun. The Fast and Furious episodes are really, really good. Yeah. Um, And we go pretty deep. Yeah, we do. As deep as you can get with a Fast and Furious film. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But one thing we were talking about with Tokyo Drift was Mm -hmm. that why is Han hanging out with all these like high school kids and high stuff? High schoolers. It makes yeah. a hell of a lot more sense it after makes watching this. Perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. Like in retrospect, I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> and you can sort of like, it's that quiet protectiveness, I think, mm-hmm. that he has. He's very, I'm, I'm sure as much as Virgil pisses him off, he's yeah. protective of his cousin and therefore yeah, very much so. protective of his cousin's friends who have in turn become his friends. Um, and then in Tokyo Drift, you sort of see that he has no problem taking Sean, what's his name, right? Lucas Black. Yeah. yeah Sean yeah. under his wing, even though Sean mm-hmm. was a high schooler. Um, and a bunch of teenagers hang around him because, oh, Han's cool. Han can give us a job. Han can, you know, like we can race without our licenses or whatever it is that they do in that film. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's, but, you know, it's, the type of teenagers yeah. that gravitate towards him are like the kids who would be troubled. And they are the kids troubled. would be troubled, yeah. And, and the kids with like a potential that he sees, you yeah. Know? Like, and he's like, "I'm yeah. going. I've been there. I know that. I've done that. I've hung out with these kids. I've seen yeah. some of these kids go down the wrong road." Uh, and even though I'm obviously living in this sort of like outlaw society, I can at least maybe hopefully keep these kids safe in this weird sort of yeah. outlaw world that we're now a part of. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because you can't change that. Yeah, no, you can't. Ch- these kids are going to yeah. go down that route. You can't change it, but at least he can be like, "Well, you know, I'll at least make sure they get." I can through help it. you do a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Like, yeah, no. At least I'll make sure they'll get through it. Which is, I think, yeah. Tom. Well, even though he he's very like quiet in this, and yet he definitely like I would love to have seen him do more stuff in this film. Mm-hmm. But for sure, he was that guy. He was like, "I'll I'll help you along." And that, that's yeah. like his function in the little heist squad. Um, Picture this. Originally, Sung King actually wanted to play the role of Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I read that. <laughs> thank God he didn't. I read that. I was like, oh, thank God he didn't. I was like, that's yeah. not going to be cool. Like, there's, you cannot uncool this guy ever. Yeah. Like, you could, yeah. Even when he shaved his, even when he shaves his head, I'm like, bro, you're yes. so cool right Yeah. Now. Which like, is, even I was like, oh, that's really sad. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> if you see the film and then you cool. think about why he shaved his head, it's like, oh, God damn it. 
<laughs> you know. Yeah. But then I was like, know. oh, damn. I was like, yeah. yeah. But then I was like, you can't take. You can't. Yeah, he's. It's that thing of like his sort of self-assuredness and quietness gets really sad in retrospect if you connect this film and Tokyo Drift. And again, it once you watch the rest of the Fast and Furious franchise, as um, I don't know, maybe the listeners will know what I'm talking about. Like, it gets, it, she gets sad for Han, dog. Like, it mm. gets sad. <laughs> um, hashtag justice for Han. Hashtag justice is coming. Stream the Fast 9 trailer. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to avoid these trailers because yeah. I don't want to like get too. You much. can't see half of it because yeah, John Cena's in it. Yeah, you, you just, can't even yeah. see. It. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners <laughs> out there, also, this is another we thing we're doing. I, you know, if you listen yeah. to this podcast at all, make at least one wrestling reference per episode, probably more than one. So I'm a wrestling yeah, fan. This time I made it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and. Uh, yeah, like another little thing that's not a full running series that we're doing, but it's something we're kind of doing yeah. every now and then is pro wrestlers mm-hmm. versus movies. In film. So we're mm-hmm. talking about any pro wrestler that has jumped into the big screen. And uh, John Cena did that in Trainwreck. That's why we covered Trainwreck. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, it's weird how this Fast and the Furious series and then also that have adopted random, pro wrestlers. <laughs> the pro wrestler series. They're all like, it's all like intertwining. It's, you know, it's going to get all mixed yeah. up down the end. And uh, I'm ready for it. Yeah. You know, very yeah. soon. I'm excited to watch well. John do this. Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Wait till we get to Fast Five. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, w- let's get into yeah. some of these other characters real quick. Mm-hmm. We got Stephanie. Karen Anna Chung as Stephanie Vandergosh. Mm-hmm. She is. Our boy Ben's love interest, love interest, and is, sort of Derek's in Derek's eyes. Anyway, yeah, um. yeah. she's. <laughs> I mean, but that's like I said. There's a lot of tropes, like things that play a lot yeah. in a lot of teen films uh, in a really that clever are found way, in this film. Like, mm-hmm. And Stephanie sort of plays that role of being that girl who has a boyfriend who. Is liked is by the main character. She's a cheerleader. Uh, she does really She's well. She's the main in school. character's lab partner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she does really it's well like, in school. It's like that um, typical sort of. She knows everybody. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's really good. I I like her a lot in this film. She has yeah. She has a boyfriend that goes to a different school. Yeah, yeah. She's great. Yeah. I really love her. And she's, her yeah. boyfriend is played by John Cho. Holy shit! Starring John Cho. Yeah. Um, he plays Steve. This, this shit is, yeah, he plays Steve, <laughs> um, who is the biggest douchebag you will ever meet in your entire yeah. life. I never knew that I could not like John Cho. <laughs> oh my God, right? John Cho was one of the most likable actors, I think, in the last however many years. And in this film, you're like, oh my God, you dickbag. I think Derek <laughs> and Steve exist on the same douchebag, on, on, on two opposite ends of the same douchebag spectrum. Yeah, is what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Steve is such what a wine. He's guy. such a dick. Um, but he's also one of those guys where, like, oh, there are real people like him, and there are moments <laughs> in the film where you're like, oh, Steve is actually making some points. I hate that I agree with him. No, John Cho is really great in this film. Yeah, and he shows up in really quite a few great. other Justin Lin films as well. Um, yeah, John Cho. I, I mean, I guess he's like one of the more Famous apart from some king of this of mm-hmm. this crew of actors in this film, 
Um, because yeah. obviously Harold and Kumar, I mean, he, he was in, yeah, of course he was in so many nineties and early 2010 films as well as like the token Asian guy. Like I'm pretty sure he was in the American pie films. Uh, yeah. So he's done a lot. And now recently in recent years, he's been doing a lot of things like just really kind of branching yeah, off Star into Trek. having this pretty solid, like, you know, what was he like mid, mid to late thirties or early forties? Like acting, yeah. you know, like he, acting. Like he's forty eight, really, not even mid to late forties. Like oh, is he forty eight? Jesus, I didn't know he was. That he's old. been doing this a long time, <laughs> yeah. dude. But yeah, because yeah, you can't tell because you know, don't age. Um, <laughs> people don't age. It's yeah. it's record. Sorry. Um, yeah, <laughs> I will still look like this ten years from now. Um, but yeah, no, John Cho, what a solid career run. Yeah, bloody like searching was so huge. Yeah, searching was really big. So yeah. huge. Um, Star Trek, obviously. Um, yeah. Do you not have a film stuff. with? Um, he did American Pie. You're correct. God, what was her her name? Um, in re- like very recently. Oh, was it Columbus? That's what it was. Oh Columbus, yeah. yes. That's what I was thinking of because I, I think that, that was a BFI yeah, yeah, yeah. film a couple of years back. And this, I just yeah, remember three, it was like three, just years ago. getting a lot of good reviews and stuff. Yeah, with Parker Posey. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Parker so, Posey, yeah, because yeah, we talk about her quite a bit on this podcast yeah. by accident. Oh, like, yeah. I love Parker Posey. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like John Cho is cool. It was cool seeing him in this because like I even though it looked at the trailer and stuff before and read it a little bit about I completely forgot and then when he shows up it's like yeah cool <laughs> but then he's an yeah, asshole immediately i was like, like shit he's an asshole in it but he's so good and i think it's yeah. one of those things where um steve like john joe's character is an asshole with nuance which mm-hmm. is the worst kind of asshole <laughs> you know like there's i was like oh there's a tiny bit of depth to you because at some point in your life you know what you're doing is wrong meanwhile derek is like yeah. the opposite of that where he's very cocksure um, even though he might not feel like it, but he, that's how he has to present to the world. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's so, in, he's so interesting. But also, I was like, I hate this dude. I was like, you yeah. are a shitty boyfriend, John Cho. <laughs> in this movie, you are a <laughs> shitty boyfriend. Well, the only other character that I'll bring up is by purely, purely just because it's kind of funny. Uh, it's a biology teacher. He's played by a man named Jerry oh God, Mathers. Him. He doesn't have much of a role in the film. He just has that typical like asshole teacher who just goes, "Oh, excuse me, are you talking? Okay, well, you go switch." You know, would seats. you like to share that with the class? <laughs> yeah, that's played by Jerry Mathers, and he is the original mm-hmm. Beaver Cleaver from the 1950s oh Beaver to Beaver series, <laughs> which I was what? just like, "Holy shit!" Like, usually I would leave that out, but that's funny, so I was just like, "All right." <laughs> What a wow. weird. <laughs> He's the beef. Wow, we. He's the beef. <laughs> yeah. Vibes. Wow. Yeah, but that's hilarious. But he's also sort of in turn the catalyst for Ben. Just, you know. Yeah. Getting so close it to kicks Stephanie. off the whole thing with Stephanie. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing with Stephanie is funny, though, Why? because it's like it plays that whole thing of like, will they, won't they sort of vibe. But then she's got a boyfriend, but obviously she likes him because her boyfriend sucks. <laughs> and then yeah, because like, her boyfriend it's sucks. Just, yeah, it's just so like, it's so fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's so, uh, the ending as it's well, so like good. which we won't really spoil, but it leaves like that weird, oh shit, sort of vibe, like as well, like 
is this where we're going? <laughs> you know, like the it's, very, yeah, very it's like, end, oh, this is like, where oh, we're going. God. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah. it sort of doesn't lose it doesn't lose itself in that darkness, if it yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, not, yeah. Because yeah, even though Ben sort of loses um obviously Ben changes throughout the film and he narrates it, but it, it yeah, you don't lose Ben's charm, I suppose. Um Yeah. Yeah, Perry like, Shen is in terms like of storytelling, which really think, good. Yeah, Perry Shen is really great. Um yeah. really, really great in this mm-hmm. film. Um but yeah, no, it's 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 good. And and it's also I think for like yeah, was this was this his first film? Was this Justin Lin's first film? Uh like, it was his- outside of film school. Yeah, it was his first, first like, solo directed yeah. film. He did co-direct yeah. a film with someone else before this, but it was yeah. like, yeah, pretty much his first film, yeah. Yeah, and which is like, this is really well like, done. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. really, really well done. Um, Like even, yeah, and it looks great. Like technically there are so many, it, it's so like, there's so many obviously nudges and homages to, to tropes in the genre, but but there's a way that he does it where you can tell that oh this dude knows his shit like this dude knows his genre shit you know like yeah. there's yeah obviously action adventure elements to it crime elements to it where we yeah and and it ties together so well um and there's the cute sort of yeah uh the use of text on screen i often just feel like ah if you gotta do it you gotta do it and then he did it and i was like oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can do it yeah it works <laughs> yeah. i like it it works i was like oh shit i did that in like my very first student film <laughs> it's like that, that that validates so much this yeah. film has done so much already um yeah it's it's no it's brilliant um i think if you hadn't haven't seen it please go see it um yeah. and save all impressions and reservations for the end because you really really do need to do that with this film yeah definitely yeah. um so like you said the film was shot on 35 millimeter but originally it was intended to be yes, shot digitally but some deals were made with Fujifilm and Kodak, and it got shot on 35. It looks cool. Um, it was financed Sick. with credit cards and money raised independently by the filmmakers, and the actors all oh. deferred their salaries. So, yeah, it's got a very low-budget vibe to it, uh, but it it looks great. But like, it what I mean by low-budget, it's just like by un- behind the scenes, there was a lot of, like, you know, Things that you see like fucking hustler d- film directors do like earlier in their career. Yeah. Shooting like, in public. Yeah, like your, your <laughs> Kevin Smith vibes, like maxing out your credit cards, just taking advantage of yeah. whatever sort of operation you can get your hands on to like Indie make things film, happen. Right. So yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Lynn's original investors though, they wanted to, in, uh, they wanted the entire cast to be Caucasian. <laughs> With <sighs> one of the investors offering one million dollars if he cast it Macaulay Culkin in the lead. <laughs> oh, that'd be weird. What? <laughs> what is what does Macaulay Culkin know about being the only token player on a basketball team? Yeah, seriously. Shut it. Leave. Stop. I mean, Stop. I am all for <laughs> this era of Macaulay Culkin. He did a lot of awesome. Oh, like, yeah. Awesome okay, films really in the stuff. weird early 2000s, but like, yeah, why? I, uh, <laughs> so like, weird. Stop it. This like stop this it. man has an idea. Macaulay Culkin playing basketball. Yeah, yeah. This, let him let him do it. He has an idea. He's Asian himself, an Asian American, and he wants to fucking do a film mm-hmm. that just like is about him and his people, and like 
what he knows. No, let's do it with white people. Yeah. Come on. Like, we don't already have enough, like, like you know, kids in high school played by white kids. You know, like, yeah. it's just, we've, yeah. we've done it to death. Show something yeah. different. And that's what's good about this film. Yeah, it's we, different. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. And it's that, like, yeah, we don't have to be, you know, the sidekick or the 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 good character all the time, you know? Yeah. And I love that Roger Ebert thing where he was like, imagine if you said that to a white filmmaker. Imagine if you yeah. said, how could you do this to your people? Because do <laughs> white people in movies be doing everything, every, yeah. every horrible thing you can think of. <laughs> um, and, and nobody has stood up and said, how could you do this to your people? You can say that to any yeah. white person now. How could you do this to your people? Like you can't like, yeah, come on. Um, sorry, me getting angry about. Well, that's cool. Again. Justin Justin oh, Lin objected though, to this, and he yeah. continued to fund the project on his credit cards. And after those funds were depleted, mm, and as uh, production was about to be canceled, like Sung King brought fifty thousand dollars through Joan Huang okay. of Cherry Sky Films, Huang. whom was a free yes. uh, frequent patron of the Korean barbecue restaurant where King worked at. <laughs> so. Lynn also brought in an additional, this is like the wildest story, an additional $10,000. So Lynn brought in an additional $10,000 from legendary rapper MC Hammer. It's hammer time Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they met each other at a convention for broadcasting in Las Vegas, Nevada in April 2001. He called him up and was just like, yeah, I'm having issues. And he just like helped him out. It was in 2003 uh, in an interview with Elvis Mitchell on NPR radio. Justin Lin said that the production company was on the verge of folding unless they could secure a certain amount of funding. Uh, He had essentially resigned himself to failure, but on a whim called MC Hammer. Then got got a call uh, the day before the deadline from MC Hammer saying that he had read the script and he wanted to provide some backing. Two hours later, he wired Lynn the money and saved the production, and he became like an executive producer on the film. <laughs> executive producer MC Hammer. Amazing. You should go out of your way to see it just Period. because of that. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> just I remember when I came up, and like, it does show up in the credits, right? Where you're kind of just like, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, and that says yeah, a lot. because no, it's, it's cool as hell. MC yeah. Hammer... Wasn't he one of these like is famously broke. bad, bad for bad with <laughs> <Right>? money, <laughs> like famously yeah. broke? Yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah, he must have really liked it yeah. if he was willing to give up money, just be like, yeah, sure, all right, ten thousand. Here we good go. Good for him. Thank you, MC Hammer, for your for your contribution. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't have this. The budget would end up being two hundred fifty thousand dollars altogether. Uh, it was part of the official official selection of Sundance Film Festival in 2002. And at Sundance, like you said, there was uh, a lot of people, there was a lot of people who felt that the ending was a bit disturbing, fair enough. And then a lot of people loved it. But there was some people who found the plot offensive. And there was this yeah. man who chastised Lynn for making a movie so empty and immoral for Asian Americans and for Americans. Who are you and getting mad on behalf of? Yeah, it's weird. Like who? Like I oh, come yeah, on, Sh- shut up. <laughs> and then the shut comment prompted, like you said, a re- mm-hmm. retort from legendary critic Robert, Roger Ebert, who is a hero in this scenario because 
he stood up and said, nobody would say that to a bunch of white filmmakers. How could you do this to your people? Uh, and then he said, this film has the right to be about these people and Asian American characters had the right to be whoever the hell they want to be, which, you know, prompted cheers from the audience and buzz really started to take off for the film. Roger Ebert gave it a really mm -hmm. good review. And shortly after MTV films picked up the movie for $500,000. Yes. And according to the film's publicists, uh, they wouldn't confirm the purchase price, but they said that they had committed an additional $1 million to uh, promote it. And it would be MTV's film's first ever acquisition, which is pretty funny. Like, it's weird that I didn't really know about cool. this. Like, you feel like you would know about it. Like, I was around, like, in high school at the time. I felt like that would have, like, you know, MTV's. been on the radar, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember this at all. And it was released to theaters in the United States in April of 2003. And it went on to make $3.8 million. So it's not bad Baller. for a film that yeah. was, you know, made it for $250,000. Shoestring budget, maxing out credit cards. And now Justin Lin is like the captain of said, one of the Rome, biggest Rome, film franchises of mm -hmm. all time. <laughs> Holy shit. And probably made some of the best, directed some of the best episodes of Community yeah. that has ever existed. Yeah. Um, I rewatched the paintball episode recently in preparation for this episode. And then I was just like, yeah, this man is a genius. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. And we should celebrate that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I hope nothing shitty comes out about him because I really like Justin. <laughs> <laughs> That's the vibe of like uh, yeah. our uh, Patreon. Most directors it's that just we just like. like yeah. oh, I hope nothing bad comes out about him. Yeah. <laughs> if something comes out about Paul Verhoeven, you will not catch me outside. Yeah. I will like shave myself. Um but yeah. But you would also not be that surprised. <laughs> yeah, I would also be not be that surprised. This man made showgirls. Like, Come oh on. god. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh yeah. that is better luck tomorrow. That's all the info I have about it because you know, it's one of these things. Like I said, it's it's I don't know. It just kind of like went under the radar. I found out about it mm -hmm. during our Tokyo Drip thing. And I was just like, we have to talk about it because Han's in this film. We do. And Han largely Han, became, as Han, you know, a big thing for me with watching these films. I just found him like, yeah. as hard as Tokyo Drift was to get through at times, Han was always there to be cool and was awesome. And I was like, he I helps you more. get through it. Yeah. For Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Without Han, I would not have watched Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would you be a fan of the series still without, without Han? Han? Yeah. Bro, you know I love this regardless. <laughs> I was in it from the from the jump, from jump from the beginning when yeah. When Paul Walker pretended to like that tuna sandwich, I was like, I'm in. I'm yeah. so in. <laughs> um, yeah, I love fast cars, but I love really cool characters. Um, yeah. Even more, and I love I love turning off my brain for a bit and being like yeah let me enjoy this yeah um yeah enjoy whatever you want guys <laughs> yeah absolutely so that was our first franchise side mission if you enjoyed this episode we hope we didn't spoil too much for you never seen the film better luck tomorrow before um we think you should definitely go out of your way to check it out it's really fun and it's an interesting film that may or may not be canon in the fast saga i like to think that it's canon because Han yeah. is in it and he's the coolest he's ever been he just yeah. keeps getting cooler um yeah, yeah. we made a canon because we, we made talked a canon. about it 
and it's yeah. part of our series so that means so, it's and what part we of say goes yeah uh, <laughs> sorry universal pictures you got out franchise uh, <laughs> yeah see see how it feels actually see how it feels they're like yeah. one of the last like bastions of like the studio system studio that like hasn't been engulfed by disney yet so yeah <laughs> so hang in there <laughs> hang in fellas there. Hang in yeah. there. How's that Peacock service going? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> are they are they with Peacock? Oh yeah, Universal. Universal Sorry, NBC. Yeah. 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 Bring back Thirty Rock, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't care, but yeah. No, I don't care, but yeah. <laughs> I love Thirty Rock. As always, you can follow us at Breadcrumbs Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and learn more about the Breadcrumbs Collective at breadcrumbscollective.com. Feel free to reach out and let us know what you think about the show. And as always, if you like what you hear, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app of choice and leave a rating and review, especially over there at Apple Podcasts, because that's where we really get found and it helps us out. Mm-hmm. So next week, we're back with our regularly scheduled programming. Back to the main Fast Saga, where, damn, it really does become the Fast Saga. Yes. Um, yes. We're getting the, you know, we're getting La Familia back together. Sad. And we have to go back in time, sort of, um, I think. Yeah, because that character sure Han, <laughs> we're still not sure. That, that character Han is so damn cool that he just had to be in this series again. Yes. We'll eventually get through this convoluted timeline in like three episodes. It's the soft reboot, baby. It's Fast and Furious. Yes. Are you ready for the reboot, Ariane? Always. All right. Should we reboot this podcast? Already? Yeah. All right. I thought I've we should wait a hundred episodes. I've had you, enough. You've done you've done quite a bit of rebooting yourself. No, no. Yeah, no, no. We shouldn't reboot yeah. another podcast. It's, it's yeah. too weird. <laughs> did I did I cross you at some point and and become another another Phil situation? Another Phil situation, yeah. Yeah. No, no, never. Never. Oh. Awesome. <laughs> so I'm gonna make it a make a point to do it in season two. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Fast and furious. Vroom, vroom. Bye-bye. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged in Coppola Connections, A Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.